0: Look, my friends, and it is good to be back. for The first podcast of this 2019-2020 season. I've missed you all. I'll explain in just a second the reason for my long absence, but uh, feels great to be back. Yesterday, I finally got a chance to get back to the arena and what a game I got to see versus the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsor. Being brought to you by Sabaki Ball International. Sabaki Ball is an exciting five-on-five team sport, very similar to the strategies played in hockey. For more information on Sabaki Ball, go to sabakiball.com. That's S-A-B-A-K-I Ball.com. Okay, the way this is going to work today a little bit different than those of you who have heard this podcast before i um, going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the game last night the big win over the chicago blackhawks and um, it was a big win and i'll explain a little bit more about that in a second and then i also want to make sure that i take some time to go over with you my observations i have seen even though i haven't been doing the podcast Yet this season I have been watching every game so I wanted to give you just some general observations because as we move forward, you're going to hear me make comments in future podcasts about the performance of some of the Uh, players on the roster and I want you to know you know why I'm saying the things I'm saying just based upon the first third of the season. Before we get into that I wanted to explain uh, the reason for my absence very quickly is that for those of you who have been following me on Twitter I think there's like 12 of you. (laughs) Uh, So I have been battling leukemia since 2006 and my particular form of leukemia they uh, I have tried several different treatments on me and we are kind of running out of options here when I was invited to take part in a clinical trial of a new CAR T-cell therapy. So I was one of 30 people nationwide that took part in this trial. And I am extremely excited to report that not only did it go well, but they're calling me the new poster child of this particular treatment. I went through it with no side effects no negative effects and absolutely outstanding immediate positive results and so uh, i'll kind of update you guys on that as i do go along here you know we're going to be doing checking back with the research team uh, monthly so that they can kind of assess how things are moving forward but as of right now we're calling it a win and it's a big win for me because i'm going to be with you guys for a long long time to come all right Let's talk a little bit about the game last night. I was so happy to be back in the stadium and and especially to be back during such a great performance. For those of you that did get to see the game versus the same Chicago Blackhawks uh, this past Sunday, which very exciting game. Um, Chicago came out to a very quick lead and the Coyotes battled back, made a game of it, took it into overtime. And one in a shootout, and so I was very interested to see what was going to happen here. Setting it up for you just a little bit, if, if if you weren't already aware of these things. So, great game versus the Coyotes and Blackhawks in Chicago on Sunday. Goes into overtime. Coyotes win in a shootout. Both teams then go on to play a Tuesday game, and both teams get spanked. Chicago, I believe, lost five to one. And uh, uh, Arizona, of course, lost, I think, five to two. Yep, five to two it was. And so going into this game, okay, who's gonna show up? Both of them coming off of brutal losses. They've both played just previous to that loss in Chicago where Arizona handed them a loss. And I really expected Chicago to come out and in the first few minutes, just bring it and bring it hard. And instead what happened was we enjoyed watching a first place team battling a last place team. Now, if you're from Chicago, I don't want you to get mad at me. I mean, it's just the fact is a fact. Chicago's in last place in their division for a reason, right? I mean, there's a reason. Can't blame it all on referees. Um, they have some times solid goaltending, just not the production when the goaltending is there. And uh, so the Coyotes being a first place team, boy, I just don't get tired of saying that, the Coyotes being a first place team, they came out and played like a first place team playing against a last place team. From the very get go, I felt that the Coyotes were in charge of this game and scoring just what, four and a half minutes into the game really helped to set the tone for what would be the rest of the game. But there are even some more crucial moments besides getting that all important first goal. But I wanna talk about that first goal for just a second because (laughs) I'm gonna tell you something. Grabner has had more breakaways in the first third of the season than some guys get in their entire NHL career. And I felt so bad for this guy when he put that puck in the net last night and with the beautiful shot, backhand shot uh, with which he did so. It was just wonderful to see because he has had so many opportunities on the breakaway so far this season and failed to close it, uh, those up. So beautiful job for him to get that. And even more important I felt than getting that first goal was the second goal coming not too long after that, just a few minutes after that to go up two to nothing. And you kind of went, oh boy. So is this going to be a blowout? I mean, it's looking like not just cause it's two to nothing, but because the Coyotes were in complete control of the game. Um, but more importantly, because of who scored that goal. I will tell you that leading up to this game, I have been very much hard on Clayton Keller. And I've been harder on him maybe than he deserves, but I'm gonna back it up. It's one thing to be making a million dollars, two million dollars a year, and to be an okay player. Yes, leading the team in assists, but when you're on the first team uh, power play. And for the beginning of the season on the first line with other very good players, well, come on, they give two assists on every goal, pretty much, so you ought to have a lot of assists if you're playing on the power play constantly and when you're playing with two other really quality offensive players. So I wasn't giving them credit for those assists, um, but I will say, that in the last couple of games, and really, to me, it's only been the last couple of games, it looks like a different guy. His attitude has changed. He did not play the first third of the season like a guy that's making $7 million a year. And I was really starting to question whether he was going to choose to fit into this system or not. And we've seen this before. Guys that even went on to have unbelievable seasons last year with other teams who just didn't seem to fit in with Coyotes with this system of play and so the last couple of games watching Clayton Keller actually kind of come into his own start playing the type of hockey that he's going to need to play to be successful and when I say successful I mean leading in goals. We don't need more points guys. We've got guys who can set up plays on this team a lot of them a lot of them. Schmaltz Uh, step on, Uh, these are quality setup guys. And what we really needed, we needed a couple of guys to step up from the end of last year and one that joined us over the summer. We needed these guys to be goal scorers, to be able to win those close games. So for him to come in and score the goal that he did, again, a guy that had a couple of really previous breakaway opportunities, didn't even hit the net or even get a shot off. And to be able to bury the one that he did, it was huge. And like I say, it was huge for Clayton Keller, I'm sure, to get that monkey off his back. But it was even bigger for the Coyotes because, okay, you know what, if we're going to go up 2 nothing in this game and we're going to have guys who have really struggled putting the puck in the net, Grabner and Keller, go ahead and pop the first two in. I just think it picks the team up. It makes everybody go, okay. We've got this, we're in charge. As I watch the game from my seat, uh, I'm pretty much on the goal line uh, on the attacking uh, end of the ice, and being able to watch the offensive zone play last night, I I just loved the way the Coyotes looked. There have been games in the past this season where I I just felt like uh, they did too much cycling around around and losing control of the puck,er turning the puck over. Again, you know, I go back to, and I'm going to pick on him a little bit because I gave him some props. You know, Keller was starting to make plays where he's putting passes right onto the opposing team stick in our offensive zone. You know, you, you finally get a chance to make a play and turn the puck over almost as if you thought this guy was wearing your color jersey. And so it was really nice to see last night, the Coyotes putting together good offensive zone time. Again, as I said earlier, looking like a first place team playing a last place team, not getting all excited. Don't call me a Homer. I hate when people do that. You should have heard me cussing these guys out through several games at the beginning of the season uh, and not even the beginning, but the first third of the season, they found themselves flirting with first place. They found themselves with a great start, but still I was finding a lot of things wrong with this team. I'm going to point a couple of those out here in a minute. Let me go ahead and quickly finish recapping this game. Brad Richardson, I'm so glad for this guy. I'm so glad he put that puck in the net. One of my favorites on the team. Just a hard-nosed, good old-fashioned hockey player. And he got rewarded. And it wasn't a fluky goal. It wasn't something that bounced off of a pad, then bounced off of him. I mean, this was a goal-scorer goal. Standing in front, you know, getting abused, and then getting his stick on that shot from the point. It was just a beautiful goal. Uh, Schmaltz, what can you say about this guy this season? He's been fantastic all season long. What an acquisition he was, and uh, what an awesome goal off the face-off. I mean, that is a goal-scorer goal. And what's funny is that Calgary, I think it was, did it to us the other night. And so for a guy like Schmaltz, who I really see as an all-star type player, for him to be able to dance around – Kane Patrick Kane. I mean, he made Patrick Kane look like an old man. Danced right around him and and buried that puck. I mean, that was just a beautiful goal scorer goal right there. And then bam, right back to Clayton Keller, and it, it was a great second goal for him. Not just because, again, a beautiful backhand shot, but you know, Chicago, even though they were down four to two at that point, they were coming hard. They were coming hard in the last five minutes and especially the last three minutes of the third period. And you say what you want about them. Yeah, last place team right now, but they're the Chicago Blackhawks. There's a lot of talent, a lot of talent on that team. And, you know, all of a sudden if it goes four to three with two minutes left, they pull their goalie. I mean, now you're, oh boy, you're hanging on to the edge of your seat, hoping that you're not into an overtime game again, which we see so often When we play Chicago, if if you've been watching the Coyotes for a long time, you know, I mean, it's just always going into overtime when we play the Chicago Blackhawks. And so for Keller to go ahead and get that fifth goal of the night, his second of the night, fifth goal for the team, uh, to do that right there towards the end of the game when Chicago was just wave after wave, great quality scoring chances, and then go ahead and kind of deflate that and put the game out of reach, very, very important. So a couple things, just take a look at, um, you know, the power play, 0 for 4. I don't know how the Coyotes found themselves in the top 10. I mean, you know, they had three games maybe, four, where they were doing well. But, oh, Lord, through the whole first beginning of the season, I I couldn't believe how horrible their power play was, what must be going on on those practices where you bring a guy on specifically, to address the power play and it just looked terrible through the beginning of the season uh, and it looked that way again last night I mean to be honest the 0 for 4 they had some chances they had some really nice looking plays don't get me wrong but nice looking plays don't equate always to numbers on the scoreboard and on your power plays that's what you have to do I don't care if it's Connor Garland putting in one off of his face. Uh, more about my boy, Connor Garland, in a minute. But you gotta you gotta be able to convert power plays. And if you're gonna be a, a, a good team through the regular season, you're gonna have to take advantage of the other team getting penalized. Uh, and then uh, looking at, I'll tell you something. I've been looking at a lot is the face offs, which the Coyotes have been horrible, absolutely horrible this season in the face off circle and it has shown I mean you you win a face off and you've got the puck you're dictating the action you lose a face off and you're chasing and I mean games can be won or lost just off of face off wins in my opinion so if you're constantly losing face offs you're constantly chasing the game and that's tiring that's really tiring by the third period they actually won uh, 56.5% according to my stat sheet here, 26 face-offs won, 20 faceoffs lost. And so that was nice to see for a change. Um, the hits were pretty even, 18 for Chicago, 16. Uh, it was kind of dragged to lose that second referee in the third period because there were a couple of things that went on that shouldn't have gone on. Uh, but there was nobody to see them. And uh, But what can you do about that? That's why they have two referees out there. Okay, so overall, great. Great game last night from the Coyotes' point of view. Chicago's obviously got some work to do to try and figure out what's going on there. I'm starting to hear more and more. I have family in Chicago, big hockey fans. In fact, my brother was at the game in Chicago on Sunday. Um, a large contingency of family will be here from Chicago, watching the game with me uh, at the arena when we take on the Blackhawks one more time. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with the final segment. If you're looking for an exciting alternative to contact sports for you or your child, and you love the strategies of hockey, you're going to love the new sport of some hockey ball. For more information about Sabaki Ball, visit us at www.sabakiball.com. That's S-A-B-A-K-I-Ball.com. Okay, welcome back. And all right, let's take a look at the beginning of the season. Um, Let me go ahead and give you a quick, you know, I'm not a huge stats guy, but let me go ahead and give you a couple of quick stats here. Leading the team in goals at this point with 12 goals is my boy, Connor Garland. He has been amazing. Now the last couple of games, not so much. But what more could you expect from this guy? And I'm really glad to see Clayton Keller stepping up because I got to tell you, there were a lot of uh, F-bombs being dropped around here at my house as I'm watching these first 30 games or so. You got a guy that's making $700,000 a year in Connor Garland, not just leading the team in goals, But, uh, and by the way, 17 points. So, you know, 12 assists on on top of those seven goals. But every time he touches the ice, I mean, you don't even have to know much about hockey to watch 20 minutes of the Coyotes and go who the heck is that number 83 guy I mean every time he touches the ice something happens and I I just love him so I can't say enough about Connor Garland and the fact that the last couple of games hasn't been that way he he has offensively been carrying the team now don't get upset carrying the team in that when they needed something to happen he was the guy that made it so and it's not that other people weren't contributing. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, as I had said earlier, love his play this year. Great player for us. Christian Dvorak, I've loved his play. You know who I've loved? Carl Soderberg. I did not expect to see him at 19 points at this point in the season, and even better, evenly spread out with nine goals and ten assists. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't think that the seven hundred thousand dollar guy, Connor Garland, was going to be playing. 10 times better than a guy making 10 times more money in our $7 million a year, Clayton Keller. And so it's a great time for me to kind of throw that out there because as I said, Clayton Keller starting to look much better. And it would be really nice if we did have kind of a, okay, you know, Garland's been carrying us a little bit. Let's go ahead. He's starting to get tired. He's not quite making the impact. Somebody else steps up, Clayton Keller steps up, but we need to be careful here because, you know, Connor Garland isn't gonna be a $700,000 a year guy if he continues at this pace come the end of the season. And I would really hate to see the Coyotes do something dumb like lose Connor Garland, because they're unwilling to pay him, because they're paying somebody like Clayton Keller so much money when he hadn't yet really proven himself. If you think about it, he had a very nice uh, debut with the Coyotes a couple of years ago. Uh, but then after that, his sophomore season wasn't anything to write home about as far as I saw. And, you know, obviously, maybe I'm seeing it a little bit differently than some of you. Yes, he went to the All Star game, but. I still don't get that um and then you give him this long contract with for a lot of money, and I just didn't feel like he had proven himself to be worth that much and I really I could dig that you have a billionaire uh owner coming in and taking over the team and trying to show how um he's going to make an impact coming in over the summer and hey, who do we got that we can sign, that we can show the fans that we're serious about putting a winning product out on the ice. Um, But I mean, you really took a gamble there tying up that much money on a player going into his third season um, and having not, in my opinion, demonstrated that he's gonna be the long-term solution as far as goal scoring goes and then uh, you know to get off of his back a little bit will the real phil kessel please stand up because uh i keep i keep waiting for this guy to catch on fire and i there was nobody more excited than i was not just because it was phil kessel but because he had played with rick talkett he um felt i felt like he was going to fit well into this system And uh, I see him more and more unwilling to take a shot. In fact, I can't even say more and more. From the very beginning of the season, I felt like more times than not, he's passing the puck off to other people instead of taking the shot himself. And now, like I say, that's great. He's getting assists and all that kind of stuff. But that's, I don't think, the reason they brought him in. I don't think they brought him in for his assists. He's got seven goals and 12 assists on the year right now. And again, 19 points. What are you complaining about, Mike? Come on, 19 points. That's not bad. Okay, but it's not the points I'm looking at. It's the goals. It's the number of goals. Christian Dvorak has more goals than he does. Carl Soderberg has more goals than Phil Kessel. Uh, Jacob Chikrin has as many goals as Phil Kessel. Kessel, Michael Grabner, who has had plenty of opportunity, you know, if he was burying some of those early breakaways, he'd possibly be leading the team. But my point in naming all these names is that we brought, I thought, Kessel in to fill that spot that was missing at the end of the season last year, the the, the one element that could have catapulted us into the playoffs at the end of last season. And that was having a guy who was on the power play going to bury the puck. When you were down by a goal, he was going to be the guy. You stick him out there. And I see it all the time. Tockett hasn't given up on him. Every time we go into an overtime, three on three, who's out on the ice? Phil Kessel. And uh, do you know that – do you know that – and I don't like plus-minus stats, really, unless they're glaring. He has 19 points, but he's a 18. And if you watch him on some of these three-on-threes, there have been a couple where we've lost the game. He's just completely out of gas. That's a lot of ice to cover um, for an old guy. And I'm not taking away from him that he's an older player because he's a workhorse. That's for gosh darn sure. But uh, we keep putting him out there in these crucial moments because he's supposed to be the guy that's going to put that winning goal in the net. And it just hasn't been happening. And I think part of it is his lack of willingness to take the shot first, look for the pass second. So two guys I really want to see moving forward. You're going to probably hear me talk about and point him out a lot, just because I'm hoping that I'm going to be like I am with Clayton Keller right now, being very positive and going, there he is. There's Phil Kessel. That's the guy we've been waiting for. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I just wanted to kind of touch on the early part of the season. We knew at the end of last season that they had a team. There were just a couple of missing elements. Uh, Who knew that those missing elements were gonna be guys like Carl Soderbergh and guys like Nick Schmaltz was gonna come back with a vengeance that Connor Garland was gonna start the season at the speed he did. I'm loving Vinny Henestrosa's game. Uh, Just a guy so fast and he's just all over the puck all the time. So I had a good feeling coming out of last season, that we were going to put together a really good strong showing this year and so far I've been right uh, and thankfully so. It's been fun to watch. If you want to touch base with me there's a couple ways to do it on Facebook Coyote Calls Podcast and on Twitter at Coyote Calls Pod and then you can also email me at Coyote Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time Have a great weekend, and we'll talk again soon.